Hey folks, you know what? A small regret is slouching in the dentist chair thinking I should have brushed and flossed better. A big health regret is listening to your doctor and thinking I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. I have that regret a lot. Better health today and when it matters most is why I take Field of Greens. Field of Greens is unlike any fruit and vegetable or green product. Field of Greens isn't watered down extracts. Field of Greens is an organic superfood. It's whole fruits and vegetables. Each fruit and vegetable was selected by doctors to support vital body functions like heart, liver, kidneys, metabolism, and of course, your immune system. And only Field of Greens is backed by a better health promise. At your next checkup, your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Don't look back and say, I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. Field of Greens is a key to better health today, right now, and when it matters most. Let's get you started with 15% off and free shipping. All you got to do is visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS at checkout. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Hello, America, and welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News, where today in Washington, there's a little bit of controversy, a little bit of a sense of scandal, perhaps emerging a little bit of a um, dynamic of questions surrounding one of the Joe Biden advisors, cabinet picks, uh, the climate czar, John Kerry, you remember him as a former senator. You remember him as the former Secretary of State for Barack Obama. And today there has been the leak of an audio tape purporting to be an Iranian diplomat claiming that John Kerry leaked information to him about Israel being behind several attacks on uh, Iran. Uh, Kerry is denying it, but the calls for growing investigations, or I should say growing calls, uh, for investigation are springing up. People are very deeply concerned. And we've got a great guest on on the front lines today on this very issue. Senator Marsha Blackburn from the great state of Tennessee is joining us. She's a member of the Judiciary Committee. She's one of the early people calling for an investigation of this to see if this leak, if this tape is true. It, that sort of investigation could go to the State Department Inspector General. It could go to the Intelligence Committee could go to one of the committees in Congress, but very serious allegations against someone that we've known for some time now. John Kerry was on a regular basis while Donald Trump was president, having conversations with foreign leaders. There was a tremendous amount of concern that he was not uh, towing the line or, or backing up the president, maybe undercutting President Trump. Uh, again, he deserves the benefit of the doubt, but there is some serious serious um, questions about the um, conduct, the nature of the conversations. What would be said, again, Secretary Kerry, Climate Czar Kerry, Senator Kerry, whatever you want to call him, deserves the benefit of the doubt, but it must be made clear, it has to be made clear, that it is essential that we get to the bottom of this. We cannot have members of the American government undercutting their own president, their own foreign policy. We heard about these allegations during the Russia case. It turns out those didn't happen, but they're talk of, oh, we'll prosecute people under the Logan Act. Well, now the Democrats have a question on their side that's just as compelling and perhaps uh, concerning. We've got to wait and see what that looks like, but we think there is a strong possibility 
that an investigation, a formal investigation, will be open. Now, John Kerry's denying it, saying what the Iranian person is captured on the tape saying isn't true. But listen, we have lots of ways to find out if these things are true. We often monitor the various diplomats that our Americans talk to overseas. We have surveillance and FISA programs. We have a lot of different and important uh, uh, elements of this that I think need to uh, be uh, examined. Uh, we need to get to the bottom of it. We're going to talk to Senator Marsha Blackburn in a few seconds about what she knows and what's the solution. Where do we go from here? What is the appropriate place um, to go? And I think all of those are important um, issues for us to explore, examine, get to the bottom of the facts. Facts are there. We can get to them. Senator John Kerry, Secretary Kerry, the climate czar Kerry needs to answer those questions. That's a very important in, um, uh, part of the puzzle. Now, one last thing, because it relates, we're going to get that commercial break, and then we're going to come back with Senator Marsha Blackburn in a second. But there was a new certification report from the FISA court, Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court. We talked about them ad nauseum during the Russia case, right? They're at the heart of the Carter Page scandal, the false uh, reporting of Christopher Steele, the misinformation including a falsified document that the FBI submitted to try to keep an investigation of Russia collusion ongoing in the absence of any evidence of wrongdoing. That's important. In the absence of any evidence of wrongdoing, the FBI kept investigating Trump figures like Michael Flynn and Carter Page. They did Carter Page and continued investigating him even after learning he was working for the CIA. And they hid that from the court. How awful is that? But we now have a new certification report out from the FISA court, been declassified, and it reveals that as recently as 2019, the FBI was using surveillance tools intended for tracking foreign ter terrorists or foreign spies in unrelated domestic criminal investigations, meaning non-counterintelligence, non-counterterrorism investigations. They were targeting these tools at Americans without even seeking secret warrants from the FISA court. They were doing it without authorization. Every time Christopher Ray stands up and says, we got this fixed, we got better things, remember rulings, certifications, reports, disclosures like this. This is a serious, serious problem. And uh, this particular report had 40 instances in which FBI secretly accessed data collected, not about foreigners, but about Americans, for investigations on healthcare fraud, on transnational organized crime, gangs, domestic terrorism, uh, racial motivated crimes, bribery, corruption. What the heck? When, when do they get the right to target Americans without a warrant on things that aren't counterintelligence and counterterrorism? These abuses keep occurring. And let's remember, it was on a Republican Congress that these tools got renewed at a time when the evidence was overwhelming, overwhelming that the FISA process had been abused during the Russia case and in many other instances just before and just after the Russia case, the FBI continues to cheat over and over again with these tools. When you use it 40 times, you've committed 40 civil liberty violations. You've infringed on the privacy and the protections that Americans are supposed to enjoy as citizens. The FBI continues. Chris Ray's protestations aside, they continue to act with impunity in violating civil liberties, using technology, using 
NSA data using Section 702 upstream searches. They are targeting Americans with tools that should not be targeted at Americans unless there is a court-approved warrant and a court-approved warrant that had accurate, verified information, not the crap from the Steele dossier that went into the Carter Page FISA. We have a continuing problem. The Bureau is not fixed. Our civil liberties are not safe. These important tools, which, by the way, when targeting a terrorist lawfully, when targeting a spy lawfully, are useful tools. No one argues that. But when they're just used to make an FBI agent's job easier in a domestic case unrelated to counterintelligence and counterterrorism threats, they violate the law. This report is devastating. You can check it out on justthenews.com. It's an essential piece of reading. It's uh, a red flag warning sign that the FBI is not fixed. Uh, Chris Ray keeps dancing around and saying, we got this fixed, we're doing it, we're great. He doesn't have it fixed. This was still ongoing as late as 2019. Chris Ray had been FBI director for more than two years at that point. You've got 40 civil liberties violations. And remember, there was an opportunity when Republicans had control under Paul Ryan, under Mitch McConnell, when the Russia case had exposed serious, serious flaws in the FISA process to reform the law, not get rid of it, not get rid of the tools, not handicap the FBI, but to do things like audits, to do things like providing a person in the court to act as a secret advocate for an accused individual, and they whiffed. They renewed the system as it was, and why do we wake up today with a news like this? Because members of Congress failed to do their job. Members of Congress bent to the whims of, of political machinery in Washington. They did not do their due diligence and try to protect us from the very things that we knew were going on because we were seeing it in Russia. They were targeting Americans with tools that should never have been targeted at Americans. Essential, important, crucial news story out today at justthenews.com and, of course, through the FISA court in this new compliance report. Wow, so much going on. Now, we're going to take that commercial break. When we come back, Senator Marsha Blackburn from Tennessee, she's been busy, got a new abortion law, trying to help mothers considering abortion to have better consent, informed consent, to make sure that when they make decision, they understand all of the consequences, good, bad. Otherwise, so many women later say they weren't prepared for one or more aspects of what happens during and in the aftermath of abortion. Senator Blackburn has a bill to try to address that concern, and we're going to talk to her about that. We're going to talk about judicial nominees because Joe Biden's nominees are coming up, and the liberals are trying to get rid of one of their own. They want they want to sack Justice Breyer. Doesn't that seem odd? He's one of them. He's a liberal. They want to get rid of him, replace him with a younger person while Joe Biden still has the chance. We're going to talk about that, judicial nominees, and, of course, the news today about John Kerry, the alleged intercept this recording about Iran. If it is true, if it's not a dirty trick, if it's true that John Kerry may have made comments like this, then you can see why a growing number of Republicans are calling for an investigation. We're going to ask Senator Blackburn her opinion when we come back from this commercial break in just a few seconds. Here we go. Temp check. 
What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer, a beach bum summer, or a wake me up when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door, in as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. All right, folks. Welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, a very special guest, the great senator from the great state of Tennessee, Marsha Blackburn, is joining us. Senator, welcome back to the show. I'm delighted to join you. Thanks so much. It is an honor to have you. Now, I know you've had a very busy day, a couple of hearings today with a lot of news on big tech, but I want to start on somewhere that feels like the beginning of a potential scandal. John Kerry, his conversations alleged with the Iranians, uh, the intercept that's out there, the recording. Uh, what is your current take about what John Kerry might have been doing with one of our enemies? If it, these allegations prove to be true, then John Kerry should resign. And this should definitely be investigated. And uh, for him to say, well, you know, the recording is not accurate, the recording is not a a true recording uh, to try to push this off. Let's, if he has nothing to hide and nothing to fear, let's get it investigated. And here's the reason why. Think about the diplomats and our men and women in uniform who have been put in harm's way. Yeah, that's right. By these. If these allegations prove to be true, this is a very serious matter. He should step aside uh, this and and you know John, I I think one of the the little pieces of this puzzle that have caused people to take a second look at this and to really push back on John Kerry is for years people have known that John Kerry was very favorable to the Iranian government and he was very favorable to doing the JCPOA as an agreement and circumventing Congress, because even with Barack Obama as president, they did not think they could get a two-thirds right. majority vote to clear that as a treaty. So they tried to do an end run. Now, a lot of that was John Kerry's doing. So uh, investigate it. Uh, let's find out exactly what happened. Let's find out what his meetings were while he was both in and out of office and what kind of information he may have divulged. You know, that's a really key part of this, too, which a lot of people forget after he left office, there were these continuing reports of him having Correct. contact with the Iranians. And of course, normally America speaks with one voice. No matter who the president is, we keep our foreign policy one. Do you think after all the talk about the Logan Act and all the silly things that came up in the Russia uh, case that were debunked, that there, there may have been some meddling by the Democrats on the Trump watch in foreign policy? Well, we do not know uh, what the meddling may have been. We do know that Kerry had conversations, and I think there were a couple of others that are now trying to go through confirmation processes that had inappropriate conversations. Uh, conversations. But John, the thing is this, what we know about the modern day Democratic Party 
the Obama administration, this administration, the Clinton administration, if they are accusing you of, of something, then they probably are doing that something themselves. <laughs> the, the question of projection, are they projecting themselves on others? Yes. That, that came up a lot during Russia, and I think you were one of the first people to, to notice that and mention that as a pattern. Right. Um, what, what's the appropriate investigative body? Do you go to the state department inspector general, ask for a review? Do you think the Democrats have any interest in Congress in getting to the truth? Where, where should that review occur? The U S intelligence committee, where, where do you think is the right place? You know, we have uh, talked a little bit about that. Should it be done at Intel committee? Should it be done at SASC? Um, exactly where should it fit? Uh, should, so, I, I think there is a debate about that. It will be interesting to see if the Democrats agree that, yes, indeed, this should be investigated. I mean, look look at what they did uh, to General Flynn with these accusations of violations right. of the Logan Act. And then here you have Kerry, and there is a recording, and then now he is trying to say that is not a legitimate recording or that he never said this. And um, so I, I think that they're going to be hard-pressed to say we have to uh, just sweep this under the rug and there's no there there. Yeah, and there's a good chance that because it was an Iranian diplomat, we might have even had intelligence coverage, meaning that we might have had interceptor listening devices in. So it might be able to right. even get to contemporaneous uh, records to know what was what was said. This idea of extracurricular diplomacy seems to have been something that the post-Obama era enjoyed. We, we hear of different people meeting in different countries saying different things. Um is it time to look back and get back to the policy of that? No matter who the president is, we speak with one voice when we're off American soil. Um, well, yes, absolutely. That should be it. You know, your um, your partisan divide ends at the water's edge. And that has always been the way this country functioned. Yeah. And for the Obama administration to have felt, and some of the people there that still had security clearances, to feel that they could freelance or that they could go talk about sensitive or classified information that they had been that they had privy to in during their time of service this is outrageous absolutely outrageous because our diplomacy continues even after those individuals left office our fight with our military men and women continues that's right and why should they elevate themselves and their opinion above the security and safety of these men and women in uniform of our diplomats and of the American people. The arrogance is outrageous, absolutely outrageous. Yeah, it really is remarkable. And it's it's a lost value that, that as you said, that, that partisanship ended at the water's edge. We've we've lost that in the last few years and it's it's bad for our bad for our posture in the world for sure. Now, you, you have a, a brand new law out, the Woman's Right to Know Act, very important piece of uh, uh, abortion legislation. Tell us what it does and why you introduced it. 
Yes. What this would do is require an abortion clinic to give a woman all of the information that is necessary for informed consent. And what we know is if you go to have an outpatient procedure at any clinic, they give you everything you need to know about the physical, the emotional, emotional, the mental effects of this surgery, the medications you're going to take, the side effects of those medications, but you have a complete picture of what you're going to expect, the length of the surgery, how long it takes for recovery. What we do know is when it comes to abortion, this information is not given to women. And they don't get that full and complete picture. So what this does is to say abortion clinics would be mandated to provide this information to women so that they could make that informed decision and provide that informed consent. Yeah, the bill has some really amazing language, too. And some of the things that the specific health risks that have been documented over the years that you would like to see conveyed, you know, Things like the, uh, the inherent health risks of the abortion itself, informing mothers of the probable gestational age of the of a preborn future baby, um, and presenting the above information to the mothers at least 24 hours before the abortion is set to be committed. Um, these are pretty basic facts, just information that helps right. people make a better decision. But there's a lot of static on the other side. Planned Parenthood, the left saying this is a this is not right. How how, how do you counteract? This the idea that just giving people this, this information that allows them to make a good informed decision, how do you counteract the silliness that that is somehow dangerous? Well, it is ridiculous to say it is dangerous, but for individuals who feel as if abortion is their religion, that they are not just pro-choice, they're pro-abortion. They do not want women to have access to that information. And so many times I have talked to women who would say, you know, I had an abortion, I wish I had known what to expect. I wish I had known how difficult a process this was going to be for recovery. I've carried guilt for years. And this is the type comment that you will hear women say. And there are women that had an abortion procedure that could not have children following that. And there just ought to be a fuller picture of information, as you're saying, the gestational age, the length of recovery, what the procedure actually entails. Uh, women need to know also if this is an abortion clinic that sells fetal tissue. Uh, these are all components of that procedure. And women, uh, in order to protect themselves and to protect unborn children, they need that information. Yeah, that, that is such an important thing. And I think uh, you called it out just right that you know, if, if it is choice and let people have the facts to make the right choice, right. if you try to thwart that, then you have a different agenda. Very, very interesting. So today you had two very important hearings uh, in two different committees involving big tech censorship, their unchecked power on, on American values or th threatening American values. Tell us what we learned in those hearings, uh, both related to COVID scams and to the continued censorship of Americans. 
Yeah, the COVID scams we looked at in Commerce Committee. And one of the things that I struck that struck me was that some of the platforms and the vendors uh, that have um, that have companies that are selling fraudulent uh, PPE or providing disinformation, there is very little action that the vendors and the platforms are taking. You know, they may remove somebody or block them, but they don't necessarily turn that over to the FTC. Well, you're not going to be able to affect enforcement, penalties and enforcement, unless it goes to the FTC, which means that these bad actors are just going to pop their head up somewhere else. So what we need is for these platforms and vendors to do their job. And when they think somebody has a fraudulent product, they need to turn it over to the FTC for investigation. The other thing, the hearing in judiciary, we were going through some things with big tech. We had representatives there from YouTube and Facebook and Google and Twitter. And one of the things that surprises me is the way these companies continue to defend themselves and how they use your private data. And it is astounding to me. This is why we need to pass my online privacy bill, right. the Browser Act, which would give you the ability to protect your virtual you because you would have to give explicit consent by opting in to allow a company to give your information or sell your information, share it with a third party. And then you could opt out for non-sensitive information like your search history and say, no, I'm going to use your service, but you can't share my information. And this would also prohibit tech platforms from booting you off the platform if you don't want to be um, to be tracked and have your data monetized. And of course, all of these big tech platforms, they basically are big ad agencies. They make right. their money off the number of eyeballs that they can capture every single day. And that is where they get their worth. So it is time to empower the online consumer, and it is time to take some of that power away from these tech platforms. And what posture are you seeing the big tech firms take? Obviously, they've been um, relentlessly defending their censorship. Where are they on this idea of privacy and better protecting Americans' privacy, uh, not just profiteering off of our private data? Um, is there some willingness to give, or are they holding as hard a line as they've held on censorship? Well, they're continuing to hold the line, but what they're realizing, there is a bipartisan disgust with their arrogance. And they should have had that coming <laughs> through loud and clear in today's Judiciary Committee hearing. Right. And the other thing that they're um, probably part of the disgust comes from the fact that even while we are having the hearing, they do not admit that they profit from using your information. They will say, well, we don't sell information. Well, that is just ridiculous because the way they monetize it is they're selling the ad space. They are selling that ad space and it has a value because you with your demographics meet the need for advertisers. 
And, and if they were not using your information to market and to benefit and to profit, then you wouldn't be getting pop-ups exactly. on your search engine. That's right. So it and your spam box wouldn't be full. Yeah, such. A, I mean, it's and the Americans are so smart; they can figure this out because they know you search something like a lawnmower on your Google, and then you go to your phone, and twenty minutes later, your phone has a lawnmower ad. And like, how did that happen? It's because all of these data points are connected to do targeting, right? They're they're literally right. targeting ads, and the more they target, the more money they can charge per ad. Isn't that correct? That's right. That's exactly right. Amazing. But they will dispute that article and the lack of <laughs> privacy. You know, the thing that gets me, uh, Facebook and uh, Facebook is going to do an Instagram uh, for kids under 13. Wow. But what we are troubled by with them is the way they have been monetizing the data off of these children. They actually are now using that. And if they do this off this Instagram, I, you know... As someone who's a mother and a grandmother, this is infuriating to me. There is no respect for privacy from these big tech companies. It is all about the dollar. Wow. Amazing. It's, um, well, this is an epic uh, battle because this is it's, uh, probably going to end up in the court somewhere someday. Obviously, Congress is uh, got a bipartisan motive. It's very seldom to find bipartisan agreement, but there seems on this issue that both parties feel like something uh, big has to happen do you think it happens in 2021? I think it may. I think people are so disgusted with the way big tech has uh, handled things. And, you know, Section 230, um, there are censorship issues there. And then there are also the issues of tech platforms um, that, that would allow some of these vendors that were selling things that were fraudulent, but they would not call them into account. Amazing. And uh, yeah, it is absolutely amazing. And there again, the FTC cannot do their job unless these platforms or these vendors like eBay are going to say, we have a company that we are sending for review right. to you so that you can do your some uh, looking at this company. Yeah, they got fact checkers for news stories, right? Why can't they get fact checkers for products and protect the American people? One of the questions we wanted to know today. Wow, isn't that They have all these content moderators, but they do not have uh, people that are looking for fraudulent products. Yeah, isn't that amazing? Well, they don't want to do anything, apparently, that affects their bottom line. That's apparently what what you learn when you see that remarkable hearings. And thank you for bringing us up to Speed Center, because I know you've been a leading voice on this for for quite some time. Now you've mentioned the Judiciary Committee and uh, this week, and I guess I guess last week and this week, it's ramping up to start to take a look at the early Biden judicial nominees. Uh, the Democrats want to mimic the, the success record that Attorney General, uh, uh, I'm sorry, that President Trump and, and Mitch McConnell and others and you all had in getting uh, conservative justices and judges on the courts. Uh, what is your early assessment of the, the Democratic uh, picks uh, Joe Biden's early judicial nominees in the sentiments in the Congress and on, on approving or rejecting some of these. When it comes to their judicial nominees, uh, what you're going to see is they're going to the left wing. Uh, some of the people that they are pushing forward are backed by these leftist dark money groups. 
uh, these advocacy groups. You have some of the groups that came out against Kavanaugh right. and Barrett that are in favor of these leftist judges. And, you know, it is extremely concerning because uh, the role of a judge is to be fair, fair-minded, and to um, take every action they take based on the rule of law and the Constitution. That is why we like to see constructionists or constitutionalists go on the bench, because that is their foundation. And we know that Joe Biden's goal is to turn the judicial branch into a super legislature to push through radical progressive policies. And they are looking for somebody that's going to be a rubber stamp because they want to pass things that they know would be uh, statutorily or constitutionally suspect, but then to get the okay on it, they want to be able to throw it to a federal bench and a federal Supreme Court that is going to just say, oh yeah, we're fine with this. Yeah, that's the interesting part about it. And um, I I think it was Senator Hawley at the, uh, one of the hearings last week said, you know, we, we look at these things and say, well, they're just federal courts or a circuit of courts, but these are the proving grounds, right? Where Judges ultimately are picked to become the next Supreme Court justices. That's right. Um, how important is the vetting process? And do you think these uh, judges are getting the due attention that they need? Uh, Republicans seem to be locked in. They're doing their homework. Uh, do you think the Senate's going to air the right issues and weed out some of these judges who, who might not make the cut or should not make the cut? Well, my hope is that you're going to see some bipartisan opposition to some of these that really ought not to be on the federal bench. Yeah, that would be a remarkable thing. And with a 50-50 senator, it's only going to take one Democrat, right? To, uh, That's right. That could be very, very thing. There was a, a quote, I think, from Senator Blumenthal from my home state of Connecticut saying, time is of the essence. We have to get moving. And that's unusual because we're at the very beginning of the Biden years, but it seems to me Democrats have a fear that 2022's election map may not be favorable to them. They could lose the Senate. Does that seem to be driving some of the urgency and haste that, that Democrats have uh, to get this judicial nominee yeah, process going? You know, John, I've got to tell you, I think it is driving a lot of their haste. They have already, um, it's like they've thrown the towel in. They know they're going to lose the House and the Senate in 2022. So now it is like they're trying to go for broke and get in some things like H.R. 1. They're... Uh, election bill and uh, get the Supreme Court packed, some things they feel like that's their only hope for holding on to power. And they have to make these changes so that they can hold on to power because they know if the people have the chance to weigh in, if you have a fair election, if you have a court that is not packed, then you are, then if, they know that they're, they're toast, if you will, when it comes to election results in November of 2022. Yeah. And so they're moving, trying to move at lightning fast speed. The um, I was talking to a Democrat last night who uh, had the same sort of, sim this may be our last chance for a while, we're really nervous. And, and one of the things that he, this Democrat said, it was very profound. He said, you know, the clear warning sign 
for Democrats is that people are already voting with their moving trucks, the mass migration yeah. out of blue states to red states. And that's usually yeah. a precursor of a much larger debate in America. Um, have the Democrats created an agenda that is actually going to be self-defeating for them? Is that is that the moment that they're staring at right now? And that is the moment that they're staring at. And the only way they can forestall it is to go outside of the Constitution and the rule of law and force this socialist agenda. And I, you know, I know that sounds far fetched, but that is precisely what they're trying to do. They want to institutionalize a permanent Democratic majority. And right now, the people are, as you said, they're voting, they're moving out of these blue states and moving into purple or red states and getting away from high taxes and lockdowns and restrictions and trying to have a more normal life. And the Democrats, I think, are, are, are about to hit the panic button on this one. You look at redistricting and they're already, it's the blue states that are losing congressional seats and the red states that are gaining. Yeah, it's amazing. And uh, it's, mm -hmm. it, you know, people do vote with their wallet. They do vote with their life and their livelihood. And if they can't survive in one state, and then California is just the perfect example, uh, they're right. going to go someplace where their family can, can do better. Uh, as you look out over the horizon, one of the interesting dynamics is watching the the left try to force one of their own off the court. The the efforts and the, the literally the overt campaigning to get Justice Breyer to step down. Uh, what do you make of that? Is that um, shocking to you to see they want to get one of their own off the court so they can get a younger you know, person? It, what they're yeah, what they're doing is just really in a, inappropriate. Um, they're trying to use him as the poster child to make the push for term limits. Yeah. And so they're going to use him and say, well, uh, if you hang on until you die, then uh, the 22 elections will happen and uh, then we would have problems. And I, I just find this I, it's just so unseemly and it is so disrespectful for goodness sakes. I would prefer that, you know, that they approach this a little bit differently and to try to force him after so many decades of service to force him off the court so that they can appoint someone who is from the left wing yeah. of the judiciary is completely inappropriate. It is a remarkable scene. I think I even saw some billboards in a car or a van the other day, and I thought, my gosh, they're they're, they're attacking their own. It's so weird. And you know, Justice Breyer has been a very reliable liberal vote on the um, on the court, so it's it's almost confounding to 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 watch them attack one of their own. And I guess it's the go for broke mentality that you you've mentioned. As we look over the next couple of weeks, and I know you got to get back uh, to the floor, but uh, as we look out over the next uh, couple of weeks, what are some of the more important things that Americans should be watching as Congress is doing the people's business? If I were watching, I, I would just pay attention to what they continue to push through in executive orders. Yeah, um, I, I would keep a close watch on that because that is where they're doing their virtue signaling. Yep. I would also watch the southern border. Uh, this is a crisis, chaotic situation. I think that uh, 
the old Joe kind of slipped out the other day when he said it was a crisis. And, of course, That's right. the White House, the West Wing went into full I mean, it is like Bill Clinton was back in the White House. They were spinning <laughs> so hard and trying to cover that up and correct that record. And, you know, I, I would watch what happens on that southern border. Uh, that has really become a sanctuary for traffickers, yeah. drug traffickers, sex traffickers, human traffickers, mm. gangs. Uh, this is a a true crisis. And. Uh, you're going to see some of these governors begin to call out the National Guard. It's uh, and, uh, amazing. Yeah, this is not getting better as we get into the months of May and June, which are two of the busiest months of the year for crossings. Right. Um, I, I think there's going to be some activity there, and it just is really quite regrettable. Yeah, we have to be worried. It is scary. I mean, between yeah. terrorism, trafficking, drugs, Correct. cartels, um, all we've done is it, we just invigorated an entire large criminal enterprise, and it's hard to get the toothpaste back in the tube. I think the most amazing thing, and you've been such an eloquent voice on this, but it, there's such a simple fix, right? You hear the CPB frontline officer say it. All they have to do is go back to where they were in January before Joe Biden came in, and this would reverse do you think that Joe Biden blinks? Was that that comment about crisis maybe the first sign that he, the old Joe Biden, might be thinking about this didn't go well? Well, I, he has to be seeing it and, and knowing this is out of control. And as you said, the Border Patrol say, look, we need three things. Get back to building that wall. Right. They weren't coming near where they were building the wall, and the wall works. The second thing, give us better technology. The cartels are very sophisticated enterprises, yeah, and they have point. spies, and uh, they're conducting surveillance mm. on our Border Patrol and our local um, sheriffs uh, every single day. And so you need adequate technology. The third thing is you need the agents and the boots on the ground uh, to help protect that border and to stop this. Look, we've... Um, Border Patrol has apprehended people from 55 different countries so far this year. Unreal. They have apprehended known terrorists, people that are on the terrorist watch list. All right. The they Yemenis. have apprehended yeah. uh, convicted murderers. Mm. Uh, they have apprehended tons of drugs and thousands of pills. So, you know, give them what they need to do their job. And because, see, that's what we know about. Think about what we don't know. Yeah, that's right. I mean, uh, there's yeah. a whole dark world that uh, we haven't detected everything. And you're right. A lot of these CPB officers, they're distracted now because of the crisis. They're taking care of people. They're staffing these homes, uh, you know, where they're holding people. And and uh, they're not out doing the job they were doing back in November, December. It's, uh, it is a remarkable dynamic and completely avoidable, I think. Yes, absolutely. It's avoidable. Oh. And um, they would like to see the migrant protection protocols back in place. And I have legislation that we have recently filed right. that takes those Trump migrant protection protocols, puts it in legislative language, and we are seeking to get um, co-sponsors onto that bill. Uh, that's an important piece of legislation that will codify what was a common sense policy that was working. Right. I mean, that's the thing. All these things were working. It wasn't like we had a broken system when Joe Biden took over. It's um, right. 
just jaw-dropping. Well, Senator, I can't thank you enough for all the time you spend with us. We always learn so much. You've got such important legislation and uh, and bring us the very latest so we're our more informed constituent. We, we thank you so much for everything you do. Thank you. Well, Bye-bye have, now. Take care now, Senator. Thank you. All right, folks, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up for the day. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. All right, folks, that wraps up another day of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. Such a meaty, deep, interview with Senator Blackburn. So many different ideas, policies, discussions. Republicans have a plan. And I thought one of the more interesting things that Senator Blackburn said is that Democrats appear to be blinking that they're worried about 2022, that they may be losing uh, seats, could lose the House, could lose the Senate. Typically in the off election year, the party in control of the White House doesn't do well. And of course, yesterday we lost, we saw several blue states lose more congressional seats transferring them to red states, which means the map could even be less favorable in 2022 and 2024 for Democrats. It may describe some of the urgency that Democrats have, that they may have a short grip on full power in Washington. Uh, Very interesting insights. And of course, the center has some really important legislation on the border, on abortion, giving mothers who are considering an abortion a better chance at advised consent because they get all the information needed, a federal law that would impose that on abortion providers. Seems uh, like that may have a debate. We talked about the judicial nominees, a lot going on there, and uh, so much more. We're so grateful you joined us. Tomorrow we'll be back with another great guest and uh, some new investigative reporting we'll be able to talk about to you about in the morning. All right, have a blessed night. May God bless you, and may God bless this great country, the United States of America, as he always has. We'll be back tomorrow. <laughs>